0: Penn State just got an emphatic win over Texas A&M. Andrew Funk went absolutely crazy from a three-point range. Now, Penn State's got a tall task trying to get past Texas. The Longhorns are pretty good. But if Penn State does, in fact, get past the Longhorns, I don't know what team in the Midwest Regional is stopping this Nittany Lions squad. You are Locked On, Nittany Lions. Your daily podcast
1: on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day,
0: And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen. Every single day we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Today to get started, that is FanDuel.com slash Locked On. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of Locked On Nittany Lines, and I am joined once again by the very best guest I can have on this show. And uh, perfect because the NCAA tournament, March madness are all underway and Penn state men's basketball is just rocking. That is Adam sheets over on the other side, Penn state men's basketball insider for com radio up at Penn state. Adam, thanks so much for joining me here on another live episode. Yep, thanks for having me, Zach.
1: You know, always fun to be here, especially, you know, it's been a lot more fun over these last few weeks, and Penn State made it more fun with maybe their best performance in a while with their win against Texas A&M. They're looking good. They'll have a tall task on Saturday, but a great way to get started here in the NCAA tournament.
0: We're going to recap that game, plus preview the Longhorns of Texas. Talk about Micah Shrewsbury contract rumors, but Adam, I think we need to jump into this first because it's what what I let off with. Midwest Regional, honestly, it's one of the weakest. It is the weakest part of the bracket. I, Houston, Xavier, Texas is pretty good. We're going we're gonna to preview them. Uh, but it, we just saw Ohio, Iowa State go down to Pittsburgh. There, there's just not a lot of good teams on this side of the bracket. So is it fair to say that if Penn State gets past Texas, that there's really nobody left that can stop them? I think that's fair to say. I think, you know,
1: the big thing right now with this Midwest region is the injury to Marcus Sasser for Houston. He mm-hmm. is so important. He's their best player. He did not play in the second half against Northern Kentucky yesterday. And that kind of kept that game closer than maybe where it would have been if Marcus Sasser would have played. You don't know to the extent of his groin injury if he'll be able to go against Auburn. And that's really put Houston up for grabs. Texas looks like that best team. They looked good against Colgate, winning by 20. Penn State, right there, you can make the argument is the second best team. If Marcus Sasser's injured in this region, they looked great against Texas A&M, their ability to shoot, Jalen Pickett's ability, how different he is than any other team any team has faced this year, how he plays, no other point guard will play that way, and they're just such a tough matchup. So I think if they this Texas-Penn State game, if Marcus Sasser is injured and not going to be able to go for the remainder of the NCAA tournament, it could really be that game that really starts to say who the best team and who's going to be representing the Midwest region in the Final Four in Houston.
0: Yeah. Indiana's also in this bracket. Mm -hmm. Uh, Auburn as well. They just knocked out Iowa. Uh, We still have yet to see, of course, when you're listening back to this uh, as the Texas preview Uh, Miami and Drake might be final, but I I don't think Miami is not what it was last year. Let's put it that way. Indiana has shown that they are a vulnerable team and uh, Pittsburgh good 11 seed, but I I don't think that they're the best team out of the regional here. Uh, Xavier, I uh, honestly, Kennesaw state <laughs> should have came away with that game. Mm-hmm. They didn't, uh, but nevertheless, I just think that Penn state, especially on this side of the bracket, it Tex Texas is the mountain. And if you can get by Texas, I, Penn state really does have a legitimate chance to get to the final four. Uh, a- after that, you know, you are going to run into buzz saws down there. Uh, I like Arkansas a lot. I actually think that uh, UCLA is going to make it out. Uh, So and Texas is very comparable to a UCLA team. So that's what I'm saying. This is the test for this Penn State team. If they can make it to the final four, they got to beat the Longhorns.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the big thing. It always starts with that 1-0 and mentality. That's what they're going to preach playing Texas next. You can't get to the Sweet 16 unless you beat Texas. This is a very good Texas team that Penn State's going to play. That, As we said, they're probably the best team and the hottest team in this region. They won the Big 12 tournament, dominating Kansas in that Big 12 championship game. I think they have something to prove as well. I think they thought maybe they belonged on that one line, maybe ahead of Purdue and getting that last one spot, and they didn't get it. Kansas got a one seed, so I think maybe there's a little bit of trying to prove something here being a two seed making a run that's going to be huge for this Texas team and they haven't made any decisions with coaches so they you know their coaching staff probably trying to coach really maybe to get that permanent job as well so it's a very motivated Texas team and a lot of talent that Penn State's going to be going up against in the round of 32 and it should be a very electric game because these are two teams that are really going to go at each other and two of the hottest teams in the country.
0: That's going to tip off 745 Eastern time tomorrow. That would be a Saturday, March 18th. Uh, this is another live episode whenever you decide to listen to this back. But I, I don't see Xavier as a threat. I don't see Indiana as a threat, especially since now Penn State lost in the Big Ten tournament to them. Uh, then that would definitely be <laughs> otherwise not the case there. Uh, and then Houston, you brought up the, the only point that I was going to make about this Houston team. They seem misguided when Marcus Sasser is not on the floor. Uh, He first team all American. Like I I get his presence is valuable to Houston, but ultimately disrespectful to Jalen Pickett, who averaging more points than him, more rebounds, more assists uh, was shooting better than him. uh, And somehow Mark and somehow Marcus Sasser gets the nod uh, at uh, first team all America by the AP. So Uh, Jalen Pickett should have been, but that's besides the point, Uh, but he does prove to be the MVP of this Houston team because years before too, when he went down to an injury, this Houston team wasn't the same. So that's why I don't see them as a threat because I know people are going to immediately say, Oh, well, Houston's still there. Uh, Xavier. I just don't, I don't see Xavier as a threat. I really don't. I think Micah Shrewsbury could coach circles around Sean Miller. Uh, And really it's just Houston's athleticism that does scare me, but, If Penn State has shown anything, it's that they actually do and perform very well against more athletic teams that just don't have, they don't have those other advantages. They're really just overly athletic. So that doesn't scare me about Houston.
1: Yeah, and I think that's going to be the interesting matchup. It's that athleticism versus a Penn State team that does things very differently. I think it's going to be huge for Penn State to keep shooting the ball well. That's the key for this team and the emergence of Keba Jai. Zach, you and I have talked about this a lot. Um, Keba Jai has been really good over the last few weeks for Penn State. He was phenomenal in that NCAA tournament game against Texas A&M. Had eight points, really where he needed to be. Dunking the ball when he's around the rim, attacking aggressively. He was huge for this Penn State team. He's added that versatility. Andrew Funk shooting the ball. really well miles dread was two for two they didn't get a lot from Seth Lundy he was kind of inconsistent it wasn't his usual self he was due for a bad game he had played really well throughout the Big Ten tournament Cam Winter didn't have to do a lot for this team Jalen Pickett was obviously phenomenal as well so if those players really play and Penn State plays to their capability and plays towards their ceiling they're going to be tough to beat for anybody even a Houston and Texas team who are more athletic maybe has more talent but Penn State can definitely find a way to win them
0: Let's recap that Texas A&M game where we saw Andrew Funk go off, and then preview the Texas Longhorns. But first, a word from a sponsor of today's episode, and that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The midway uh, point of the NBA season is past, but still, now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That is right, one thousand dollars bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on all your favorite NBA bets, the point spread, money line, the total, player props, points, rebounds, assists, and so many other exclusive bets like the two by three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance at the No Sweat. First bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. For your second listen, you got to check out Locked On College Basketball because it's March. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know both on and off the court plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players through the college basketball landscape that is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Penn State beats Texas A&M. They're going to face Texas in the round of 32 on Saturday, March 18th. 76-59 to was the win. Andrew Funk all over social media because he was all around the arc making shots. He was on the logo. He was in the corner. He did it in transition. Uh, Texas A&M... He just gave them headaches all night. Was that the simplicity of it? Like they just, Andrew Funk was on fire and Texas A&M really had no response for it. Just the way that he was making shots or what was the other factor of it, Adam, that you thought the Aggies really struggled with against Penn State?
1: I think the biggest problem they had is they did not know how they were going to guard Jalen Pickett. And they seemed indecisive on how they were going to guard Jalen Pickett. It seemed like sometimes all we don't want to help. And sometimes all we're going to help. And that allowed Andrew Funk to get space. And you knew he was on, on the first shot he made. They were, Texas A&M was trying to press this Penn State team running 2-2-1. Worst case scenario, make Penn State take time bringing it up and not give them a lot of time in the half court. They were able to break it on one, and Andrew Funk pulled up from the coach's box about 30-plus feet and drills it without any hesitation whatsoever. And you just knew from that point on, it was like, oh, he's got it today. And he was just unconscious the entire game. And then the confusion Texas A&M had, as I said, Trying to guard Jalen Pickett, having the help and Jalen Pickett, he just made the right read every single time, found open shooters, took it himself. So just I mean, they just carved this team up offensively. It was a clinic for Penn State's offense, perfectly game-planned. Micah Shrewsbury did a great job getting Andrew Funk opportunities in space, getting Miles Dredd open in the corner when they were trying to help, putting guys in the right position when they were going to play ISO ball with Jalen Pickett, where it was going to be really easy for him if the help comes, knows exactly where he's going with the ball. He's such a great player. He's an All-American for a reason, and they rode him in this game, and that allowed Andrew Funk to come on as well with his 27 points.
0: I think also what was key is that everything that Penn State was struggling with in the Big Ten tournament, whether that was too many fouls or not making, once you got fouled, not making your free throws, uh, and Penn State has certainly been working on that. Uh, and then this this really reminded me of the first time they played Illinois, just uh, from start to finish. The, the shooting was there, and we know that about this team because when they're going to shoot 60% from three-point range, I mean, if any team does this, you're going to win the game. But for Penn State, who we know is one of the best shooting teams in the country. Statistically, Andrew Funk and Seth Lundy are the best three-point shooters in the country. And I just don't think Texas AM couldn't they just couldn't keep up with that. They're not a good three-point for a team that's not good at shooting threes, they shot an awful lot of threes. Uh, and Penn State, they didn't necessarily get out rebounded too much. I, I would say the offensive glass for Texas AM got a lot of second chances, but again, they wouldn't convert those shots. So I don't, it was Penn State's three-point defense really good or the Aggies just that bad when it comes to shooting from behind the arc.
1: Well, they're not a good three-point shooting team, and they know they're not a good three-point shooting right. team. And it was weird because they – the first few possessions of the game, Texas A&M did everything right. They went right down to Julius Marble, had some hook shots over Kebba Jai, everything Buzz Williams would have wanted his team to do. Wade Taylor the got in some foul trouble early. He's their catalyst on offense. He's their point guard. He's the guy who's getting downhill and scoring for this team off the dribble. And he you know, got in foul trouble, so I don't know maybe if that changed the way they were going to play having him on the bench for a little bit. That's when Penn State made that initial run in the first half to get a little bit of commanding lead, and it just spiraled from there and really snowballed for this Penn State team really to get going. But, I mean, they really played into Penn State hands. They were really good early going down to Julius Marble, and then they really got away from that and allowed Penn State to really play to their strengths, and Texas A&M did not play to theirs, and that's how Penn State was able to really pull away and make this a really one-sided
0: game. And that's coaching. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just at the end of the day, Micah Shrewsbury. And that's where we're going to talk this, uh, these contract rumors coming up uh, just momentarily and talk about the Longhorns of Texas. What else does it tell about this Penn State team? I, I like that again, they still, they can go to a bag of tricks one night. It's going to be Andrew Funk because I know that Texas is going to game plan. For Andrew Funk this time around. They're not going to sit back and like Texas A&M did say, well, we don't really don't have an answer for it. We're still going to sell out on Jalen Pickett and have you beat us with Andrew Funk. Well, that's not going to be the case. Texas has enough individually talented players where they don't have to double Jalen Pickett and they're going to be able to focus some attention on Andrew Funk. With that being said, now Penn State can go to Seth Lundy. Now Penn State can go to Cam Winner. Now Penn State can get, uh, you know, some some complimentary points when they couldn't early in the season from guys like Mikey Hen or Kanye Clary. So in this case, it, or this Penn State team is more multidimensional than people across the country are giving them credit for. Adam,
1: oh yeah, they're definitely. I said they're the most complicated offense in my opinion in the country to try to game plan for because of how. Like, no one else plays this way. It's normally when you look at some teams, you're like, okay, we played this team. They run a very similar system. So we can look at their system and say, this is what we have to prepare for against a team like this. No team has a point guard who's going to back you down from the three point line to the mid post area. And then they're working three point shooters around him. Nobody has a guy like that in Jalen Pickett, why he's so valuable. And then shooters around him, like Andrew Funk, Seth Lundy, Miles, Dred Cam Winner, that's around him to knock down shots when you help off. So there's such a hard team to game plan for and guard. And I think the only way Texas is going to try to do this is they're going to say their best defenders guarding Jalen Pickett. They're not going to help. They're going to play him one-on-one. Mm-hmm. If Jalen Pickett goes and gets 40 and beats them, he goes and gets 40 and beats them. They don't want to allow these shooters to get going because when they start to knock down shots, that's when this team really starts to feel it when the other guys are knocking down the threes and Jalen Pickett can score and facilitate. So I think you got to play Jalen Pickett one-on-one. That's probably what Texas is going to do. And they've got to be committed to what they're going to do they can't be indecisive like texas a&m and allow penn state to do whatever they want offensively
0: and i think what boded well for penn state in this matchup against texas a&m was the fact that texas a&m is very similar to other big 10 teams Mm -hmm. so they've seen this teams that don't shoot well they're very physical they're very athletic and penn state didn't give them that they're too disciplined to get into foul trouble uh they're they're too disciplined to just make those, those mistakes. I mean, eight turnovers against the Texas A&M team that everybody told me was going to give Penn State fits. So the fact that Penn State had one of its cleanest games offensively tells me otherwise, but they they've had practice for the past three months. It just so happens that the Aggies are the outlier in the SEC because they play more like a Big Ten team, and Penn State's the outlier in the Big Ten because they play more like teams in the SEC.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, that's a good point there. Because I think a lot of people talked about the turnovers. They're like, well, Penn State's turned the ball over a lot. They don't. They're one of the best teams in the country at mm-hmm. protecting the basketball. They've just had some weird games like Northwestern and Maryland where they had a lot of turnovers in the first half. But if you watch the full game, once they got to the second half, they did not turn the ball over. They did not turn the ball over a lot in the late stages of those games and that's kind of been where teams were looking at like oh maybe Texas A&M can take advantage and Penn State was very disciplined put the ball in Jalen Pickett's hand and he had zero turnovers and played all 40 minutes for this team and still dished out eight assists so I mean when you have a guy that could be that efficient and not make mistakes and give Texas A&M run and make them have to set up a half court offense try to score in the half court which is something they're not very good at they want to get out and run and maybe get second chance opportunities and they did get second chance opportunities they just couldn't cap them. And that's how Penn State was able to pull away. So their ability to protect the ball and play to their play the way they want to play, and make Texas A&M play a way they did not want to play is really what led the day for the Nanny Lions.
0: And we're going to preview the Longhorns of Texas, the number two seed in the Midwest Regional and... What Micah Shrewsbury has ahead of him after the season based on some news that has come to light in Penn State playing Texas Saturday, March 18th. Tip-off is slated for approximately, if we, I use that term very strictly here, approximately at 7.45. Before we move further, another word from a sponsor of today's episode, and that is a Bar. Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but you don't want all of the fat and calories then you got to try a Built bar. I know my goal is still to eat healthier this year and if you're like me where you want to eat healthier but you don't want to compromise the taste and the man I've got the thing for you and that's Built bar. You got to try Built. With Built healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Well, what makes Bill Bars so good? For starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to wait around anymore to get yourself a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That is right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're by a Sam's Club, a run-in and grab yourself a 13-bar box, you can thank me later. It is locked on Nittany Lions. He's Adam Sheets. I'm Zach Saka. We're previewing the Longhorns of a Texas number two seed, Chris Beard. Fired in the middle of the season uh, for domestic abuse, off the court allegations again, allegedly, (laughs) I I do want to say allegedly here, Uh, but he was fired by Texas in the middle of the season. It looks like he's going to, is going to be hired by Ole Miss. He has been Uh, and, and just, just a strange set of circumstances for coach beard. But I think even stranger is that this Texas team, I know how talented they are, but for this team, it, it shows just the veteran presence because I think any other team would have folded under the pressure. You know, the coach that you came and played for, he recruited you and then is abruptly removed in the middle of the season. I know for his actions, but as a group of players, when this all of a sudden happens, you have no chance to recover from this. And really, Texas had a couple of speed bumps, but then it feels like they put everything behind them. So what, Adam, what does that tell you about a team?
1: And this tells you this is a team that's very disciplined and going to play the right way. Rodney Terry has done a great job with this group since he became the interim head coach, stepping in, having to deal with a tough situation. You know, when you sign up for the job, no one prepares you for having to take a team after your coach is fired in November and say, Hey, figure it out. And you got to get this team. And this is a team that had national championship aspirations in the preseason. They're that talented. And he had to figure out, and he's done a great job. Marcus Carr has been huge for this Texas team. If you're a Penn state fan, that name obviously sounds familiar. He spent some time at Minnesota. So he's familiar Mm -hmm. with Penn state. Um, You know, and this is a team Sergei Bari rice was phenomenal all season, especially in their game against Colgate was knocking down three, something he's not really known for. He's not a shooter. You want to just put a hand up, make him shoot over a hand. And he shot the ball really well against yeah. Colgate for the Longhorns. They've got a lot of guys. Tyrese Hunter, I think mean, that's a name some fans might know as well. He was on Iowa State's team last year that made a run for the Cyclones. Isaiah Brockington, former Penn Stater, was on that team as well for Iowa State. So he transferred from Iowa State in conference to Texas. He has a lot of talent, and he could be a problem in the backcourt. They're not overly big, though. That's something Penn State really would negate. That's kind of been their problem this year. You look when they struggled right. against Purdue with Zach Edie was inside. This is a really guard-oriented team. Very similar to Texas A&M they're a lot more skilled a lot better offensively so it's something they've seen before great athletes and Penn State's going to have to put together this is a very good Texas team that's very well coached
0: yeah they're kind of like Penn State they have multiple options you know you mentioned Serge Bari Rice and you mentioned Marcus Carr but it's more than just them you can Uh, If they're not on, they have third and fourth options that you can go to. Uh, Everybody has a responsibility, and they're very good at those responsibilities. But Marcus Carr very much makes this team go. Uh, I think that, I I will say this again, teams that do well in the NCAA tournament typically have veteran, experienced, talented backcourts. I don't think, just because it's the way of modern basketball, you do not need this overly side. That's why I don't think Purdue's going to win. I don't think Purdue's going to get anywhere near the final four, even the lead eight. And we've, sh- and we were seeing in real time that Fairleigh Dickinson's giving them problems. So I can't wait for a more experienced and a more athletic team like an FAU or a Memphis to challenge this Purdue team. And we'll see what unfolds. Uh, as for Penn State going up against Texas and the way that the Longhorns played against Colgate, I just don't think Colgate offered that much resistance and their shots didn't go down. Colgate is a team that basically they rely on a lot of luck and they rely on a lot of just they make the threes and then don't look back. Uh, Texas, they, they got every single shot they wanted to, every single shot they wanted to take. They had a lot of space and and that's why they beat Colgate by 20 because I honestly liked Colgate to upset this, uh, Texas team. At least I wanted to give them a chance. And just because it's fun, I did put them in my bracket to go to the round of 32 and then took Penn state but that was just kind of me being a homer and being aspirational here for Texas though, they had every shot they wanted and Penn state's not going to give that to them in the round of 32.
1: Yeah. Penn state's a lot better defensive team than Colgate is Colgate. As you said, they live by that three. They need mm-hmm. them to go down similar to Penn state and Penn state doesn't rely on it as much. Cause they have Jalen Pickett and cam Winter who can get down low and get inside. But I mean, Colgate not as good defensively as this Penn State team who's coming off maybe one of their best defensive performances against Texas A&M. They were really good on defense. Whole different animal with Texas, but Penn State very confident. We mentioned they're one of the hottest teams in the country. So is Texas. So it's going to be a great matchup of two teams. Should be a lot of fun and just the guard matchups you're going to see in this with Cam Winner, Andrew Funk, and Jalen Pickett going up against Tyrese Hunter, Serge Barry Rice, Marcus Carr, and these guys. It's going to be great to see kind of the chess match between Micah Shrewsbury Rodney Terry who's done a great job in running for national coach of the year with what he's been able to do with this Texas team so it's going to be great to see it's a very interesting matchup it's going to be on to the defense I think for both teams what team's defense can really stop the other team and that's really what it's going to come down to probably in the end
0: any other additional keys for Penn State to win this game I I want to pick Penn State I, I really do but this is the toughest challenge for them and, and it's difficult because this is the kind of team, this is the kind of basketball that Penn State plays, and it's the philosophy that Micah Shrewsbury has brought, from the NBA. Texas does that. Teams like Alabama do it, Gonzaga, and that's why they're at the top every single year. So I think Penn State is essentially facing a better version of itself. Uh, Penn State's momentum helps them, but it, it's really, you're you're making it a toss-up. By, by any which way of just simply luck, your shots are going to fall more than the other teams, because on paper, I think that Texas is, I'm just speaking honestly here, I want to be a homer, I want to say oh, Nittany lines all the way, Longhorns down, you know, that kind of thing, but Texas just is a better version of Penn State, so you just got to hope that Penn State is able to knock down a few more shots in Texas, because they're going to mirror each other all night long.
1: Yeah, on paper, Texas is a better team. They have more talent top to bottom on their roster. I think the key for this team is going to be, as it's been all year, it's Jalen Pickett. He has the ability to be the best player on the floor in this game. He's an All-American for a reason. It's going to be hard. Marcus Carr is very good. Tyrese Hunter is very good. Serge Barry Rice also have the opportunity to take over this game and be the best player. But it's going to be on Jalen Pickett. He's got to be the best player on the floor for Penn State. He's got to be able to score Force the help to come, and that's when these shooters are open. It's sometimes luck, but when they're getting open shots, like Andrew Funk had a lot of wide open looks yesterday that he's going to knock down more times than he won't. So that's what it's going to be all about for this Penn State team. Jalen Pickett has to take over. That's the main key. You know, it's a little cliche, but stars are what win basketball games. There are only five guys out there. One player has the ability to take over, especially in March. Jalen Pickett has to be that guy for Penn State in this one.
0: Do you think Penn State wins? What's your final score prediction, Adam?
1: I want to say they do. I don't think they will. I want to say they can. Mm -hmm. I got Texas winning. I think it'll be very close. I think it'll be very high scoring. I got Penn State. Falling just a little bit, 78-75, to I think it's going to be a tough (laughs) loss for the Nittany Lions. But I think Texas just – I think there's too much talent top to bottom. And this is a very motivated Texas team, as I said. I think they're going to come out guns a-blazing after not getting that one seed, looking to prove something for the Big 12 and prove that they're the best team. And seeing how the region we said, it's wide open, I think they see that as well and understand this is their easiest opportunity to maybe get to that Final Four in Houston, Texas, and represent the state.
0: That's funny. I was literally saying in my mind, uh, he's going to say 78-75, isn't he? Because that was my score. I, I think when I think about it a little more thoroughly, uh, Andrew Funk is not going to shoot 8 for 10 from three-point range. That's very hard to sustain. You're going to have to ask Seth Lundy to do that because I think Texas is going to game plan around Andrew Funk. They're going to say, okay, now we got to respect Pickett and we got to respect Andrew Funk. So you're basically saying that Seth Lundy needs to have that kind of performance or – Miles Dredd, I, I think Miles Dread is kind of an X factor here uh, because we saw throughout the season when Andrew Funk was held to under five points, this Penn State team was god-awful, Adam. <laughs> and if Texas is able to somehow find that tape, if it hasn't been buried, I know it hasn't because it's the internet, we live in the digital age. Texas sees that tape and that's what they need to do is find a way to limit Andrew Funk as best as possible, make him cold because look at what Andrew Funk does when they play against Purdue, Purdue has put the tape out there. No, they don't have a Zach Eady, but uh, they have other guys. They don't have a Zach Eady guarding Andrew Funk, do they? No. Uh, and Andrew Funk has shot his poorest. He's put his poorest performances together against Purdue. So I think Texas is good enough and athletic enough and experienced enough to do that. Uh, and it's just a matter. And I just don't know that I trust Seth Lundy and Miles Dredd to combined or individually go over from three-point range uh, in this game against a Texas team, I think against anybody else they could. Uh, So I'm going to take 75-70 Texas. I really hope I'm wrong because this is a lot of fun. Uh, So, Adam, really quickly uh, as we approach the half-hour mark here, I appreciate your time, of course, as always, and everybody that's tuned in and watching uh, and whenever you listen to this back. But Micah Shrewsbury, this is news that's going to be going around for a while. They are planning to have discussions, Penn State and Micah, about a contract extension, a lucrative one. After the season is over. So, Adam, what do we know about that here? You're the Penn Statements Basketball Insider.
1: So it sounds like Penn State, to no surprise, is going to try to make a run to keep Micah Shrewsbury. They're not going to just let him walk and say, you know, you have your contract, we're just going to stick to it. They're going to have financial investment to try to keep Micah Shrewsbury at Penn State. I don't think it all goes with just contract money. I'm sure it comes to facilities and making sure the infrastructure is good for Penn State to be able to recruit and get the top talent to Penn State. That's good news because that shows Pat Craft is going to lock in and try to keep Micah Shrewsbury there. It doesn't mean necessarily he's staying. He said he has not talked to Pat Kraft. Micah Shrewsbury was asked today in his press conference that he has not really talked to Pat Kraft. Doesn't talk to him a lot during the season. Pat Kraft's done a good job kind of sitting back, allowing Micah to coach the team, not try to put any pressure, have any contract negotiations now when Penn State's trying to make a run. But I think, you know, there's obviously still the opportunity. Notre Dame's out there. Georgetown's out there. They might still want a Micah Shrewsbury to take that job. So it's going to be a bidding war. But Penn State, they are firmly putting their foot down. They want to keep Micah Shrewsbury. It looks like they're going to do as much in their power that they can to make her make sure Micah Shrewsbury is coaching Penn State in 2023-24.
0: That's all that can be done here and, and I will say this Notre Dame given Micah Shrewsbury's Indiana roots uh, it, it's very you know born and raised he's coached back there you know he coached at Purdue uh, if his heart belongs truly in, in his home state of Indiana then I don't blame him for wanting to go coach at Notre Dame if they do, in fact, offer him. If they don't or a Penn State makes a better offer, uh, something that's Notre Dame just essentially just because I don't see him leaving for Georgetown. I, I, I do uh, theoretically see him leaving for a school like Notre Dame. It, it just makes a lot of sense. It's not an Arkansas. It, it's not something that's totally out of left field. Right. Uh, it's something that really makes sense and something that would feel probably very sentimental to him, but we don't know what he's thinking, what he's feeling or what Notre Dame has put out there as far as what he might be third or fourth on the list. The fighting Irish might have other plans in mind. And if that's the case, you know, Micah Shrewsbury said in his press conference, Hey, two to three years ago, nobody wanted me and Penn state, uh, put all their support behind him in the beginning. And maybe he will reward that, you know? Because of the relationship they they made with him early in his head coaching career, These yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think that's very possible. I think you know the one thing I look at. He did coach at IU South Bend in the mid mm-hmm. in the late two thousands, so I think there's definitely that connection to South Bend, Indiana that could help here. But as you said, he's he's a loyal guy. He loves Penn State. He believes in Penn State. So I think it, it would be really hard for him to leave. I could see him go, like we said, Notre Dame. The sentimental going home would be a thing for him. But I think he loves Penn State, and if he does leave, it'll be a very one of the hardest decisions he's ever had to make in his career.
0: Another live locked on Nittany Lions in the books. He's Adam Sheets, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider for Penn State's Com Radio. Adam, where can people keep up with your great work? At Sheets Adam on Twitter, you can find everything you need for Penn
1: State Men's Basketball as they continue to move on in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yes, we can hope so, because it makes for interesting discussions like this. Uh, But once again, thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every day. For your second listen, check out Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place with Isaac Shade and Andy Patton as they bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, coaches, and players. That is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Adam, thanks for the time as always, and here's to another Penn State victory over a very tough, Texas team.
1: Yep. Thanks Zach. Always a pleasure.